So Jesus was teaching in the temple one day, and uh, he told this story. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who threw a wedding feast for his son. So he got it all ready, and then he sent his servants out to the people who'd been invited to let them know to come. But none of them came. So he sent out a second round of servants um, and to tell the people who'd been invited, the feast is ready. I've got all the food prepped, catering bills paid. This thing's going to be an awesome party. Come on. And then he got a wide variety of responses, the servants did, um, but none of them were positive. So some people just ignored the servants, and they went about their business. They went back home. They went to their jobs, to their fields. Um, Other people actually insulted, attacked, even killed the servants. So the king was furious, and he sent his army to destroy the people who'd murdered his servants. Meanwhile, back at the scene of the party, this party's all ready, and the king is so excited to celebrate, but no one's there. So he says to his servants, the people I invited, they didn't even deserve to come, but go out in the streets and just invite everybody that you see, the good, the bad, go gather everyone. So the servants go out and they gather good people, bad people, everyone that they find on the street corners and bring them into the wedding feast. So every seat is occupied, the party is rolling, and the king comes out and he surveys the scene. He's checking out the celebration, and and he sees a guest who isn't wearing the proper wedding clothes. And often a wealthy host would have had um, wedding attire for the guests, would have been given to them. So the king makes his way over and approaches this guy and says, friend, how did you get in here without wearing the wedding attire? And the man has no response. He's speechless. And the king says, tie him up and throw him outside into the darkness, far away, where there is weeping and grinding of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. All right, so let's jump into this story. Um, Have you ever been invited to something and you were super excited to go and then you couldn't go? So last summer, I had a guy who was super important to me, very close to me, and they were getting married here, and I, was, I couldn't wait to be a part of it, and the only time I could get back to Michigan was right during that time. And so I'm like, well, I don't care, man. I'm flying back anyway. I have to be at your wedding, and then I couldn't actually go. I hate that, because then you have to look at Facebook, right? And you see everything that you missed, and sometimes you can't go, and then there's times when you just choose not to go. You ever done that one? And after an event happened and you heard the great time that everybody had and you're like, why did I choose not to go to that party? And then sometimes I've been at the party and it's awesome and you're like, where's so-and-so? Why aren't they here? You ever had that experience? And you're like, you guys are missing it. That's what we're talking about today. Imagine heaven. And you can't go. Or imagine having this amazing party and you decide not to go. You just don't want to go. Or imagine being at the party in heaven and going, where's so-and-so? Why aren't they here? 
That's what we're looking at in this story. Because here's the truth about heaven that we're going to learn today. Because this is important for us, you guys. Jesus said, I am not from this world. You're from this world. I'm from another place. And I've come to testify to what is real, to what is true. And here's what he tells us about heaven. It is a party. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> heaven is a party. And... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just wait till you get there. That's going to be nothing. And everybody's invited. It's a party and everybody's invited. Okay, so let's start here. Number one in this story. The invitation to the kingdom of heaven is an invitation to a celebration. Chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet, a feast, a party for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent some more servants and he said, tell those who've been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Now, the first thing that's really exciting to those of us who actually believe in all this stuff, isn't it great that we don't have to tell people, come to a funeral, come to a conference, come to a class. No, Jesus is saying when you invite somebody, you are inviting them to a party. And what's crazy is the king is the one who prepares everything. He pays for everything. This is his fattened calf. This is his cattle. This is his oxen. He has prepared it all, and people just need to come. And I want to tell you, man, when I thought about that, I, I saw on Facebook this week, my, I, I was best man in uh, my buddy Dan Ross's wedding, and it's their anniversary, so his wife posted this picture, and, and it was one of the best wedding parties ever. I just, I just had a blast. My, wheat, my niece just got married a couple months ago, um, and man, it was awesome. We just danced the night away, but the best wedding celebration is mine. Mine is the best one. Right there, baby. Look at that. 20 years ago, baby, 20 years this, this summer, Susie and I will be married. So, But I, I mean, I, I love that picture because that's it. It's absolute, total bliss. And, and it was awesome, right? Susie grew up out in the mountains of Colorado. It was five miles to her mailbox. Everybody she invited wore jeans, cowboy boots, and a hat, cowboy hat, right? I'm from Detroit, so about 50 people came from Detroit. They were freaking out because they had to park way far away from who got married at her house. And the ranchers actually walked, her through the, walked them through the cattle, right, to get to our wedding. That's what my Detroit friends were most enamored about, about our whole wedding. But then it was so fun, and I, I kind of blew it a little bit because I put together all the music for the party afterwards. And I did all Detroit funk down music dance party. <laughs> And, and it's hilarious. We got our pictures back from the wedding, and all these guys are sitting there like this, with their cowboy hats down going, what did Susie just do? <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, the rest of us, I wish I had party. You know me, I sweat like a maniac anyway. I mean, you know, shirt tail undone, tie all over, just we celebrated. That's what a wedding is. It's a banquet, and God is telling us. When you invite somebody into the kingdom of God, you are inviting them into a wedding banquet, a feast, a celebration. 
But he says it's a wedding banquet for his son. It's a wedding banquet for his son. The king, God, is inviting us to the wedding of Jesus. And I I just think of Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the groom. He's the groom. And as I was looking through some pictures, here's a second picture I found. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Was that you? No? Oh, okay. That's a little uncomfortable. (laughs) No, but I don't know. It's a little faded out. I don't know if you can see this. I'm literally licking my chops, standing there when Susie, when I finally see her. I love doing weddings, and my favorite thing is to watch the groom when that bride comes, because I can feel it now. I think I actually wept in our rehearsal. Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) At the sight of her, Jesus is a groom, and he's licking his chops. He can't wait to be united with his bride. He longs for her, and his dad is throwing a party to celebrate this. You guys, the whole Bible helps us to understand in that moment when uh, the greatest moment for me in the ceremony was when Susie put this on my finger and it was sealed. I'm in. And oneness, a wedding, a marriage is actually all about oneness. And what the Bible is telling us, here's what the kingdom of heaven, this is what heaven is like. It's actually oneness with God. Eternal life, you guys, is that you know Christ. And that's what I love, right? So I tell you this all the time. I know Susie more than anything else. And then this beautiful moment happens, the wedding happens, and you celebrate this covenant that you made to each other. And God, in that moment, he says he unites you together. And then that night, you know each other in the biblical sense, and you become one. And I'm telling you, that's the celebration. The celebration, what we're inviting people to is that you actually get to have Jesus Christ in you and you get to be in Christ. And all that he is, all that he is, is yours. All of his joy and peace and love and wisdom and strength. And Jesus is saying, and you don't have to wait to die to get it. You can receive me now. And that's what we're inviting people to. The kingdom of heaven is a wedding. Revelation 19, this is one of the beautiful passages that actually tells us, gives us this picture of what it's going to be like. It says, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. In other words, let's celebrate for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Hey guys, can I just tell you, if you're here and you don't, believe yet you're kind of wondering you're you're wondering what God would be like what Jesus would be like can I just I just want to tell you and then I want to remind all of you guys who follow him 
Remember what you've been invited to. Remember what you received. It's a celebration and a oneness with God. And all that he is, blessed are those who are invited. Blessed means every spiritual blessing in heaven is now yours. That's what we're inviting people to. You are loved forever. And you are loved perfectly. And all he is is yours. All right? So that's the first thing. The invitation is to his celebration. And then secondly, that invitation is for everyone. Verse 8, he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not desire, deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests, okay? Let me share with you a couple important things quickly about this one. First, this one. No one actually comes to the wedding banquet unless you're invited. That's, just, that's how it works. The only reason you ever go to the wedding is because you got invited. Wouldn't that be really weird if you just were walking by and just decided to step into some wedding? And no, nobody ever invited you, and you just thought, I guess, aren't there movies about that kind of thing? Um, but Jesus, here's what he's telling about us, us about the reality of heaven. This is what heaven is like. No one comes to me, he says, unless the Father draws him to me. What does that mean? I, I think this is how you know if your experience with God or with Christ is actually real. For those of us who've actually experienced God and Christ, you know it wasn't your idea. Amen? Amen. Okay, a lot of yes to that. Because I'm just so those of, for those of you guys who don't yet believe and you feel like, man, I just, I'm not yet close with God, I just want to tell you that the, the, the amazing thing about the experience is once you actually receive him and you've gotten into the kingdom, you know the only reason you were in there is God invited you. So here's what's really cool. Some of you might be here today because there has been something stirring. There's like this spiritual awakening. There's a curiosity that's happening within you. There's something that wooed you to actually go to church. And I've loved, because I've talked with people who eventually kind of entered the kingdom and got in, and they said, oh my God, Dave, the first time I came, I thought my, I thought my underwear was going to set on fire. <laughs> Some of you are walking in, and you don't even know, what in the world am I doing here? You know what's happened? God put his invitation in the mailbox of your heart. And you op you're opening it and you're like, could it be? I'm just telling you, you know that you've actually found Christ when you know you had nothing to do with it, but God actually wanted you to be there. All right? Now, here's the other thing. Jesus is talking to the chief priests and the elders. He's talking to the Jewish religious leaders. So when that first one, he goes, remember he says, so I sent out an invitation already. He goes, now go tell them it's time. See, the Jewish people, the religious leaders of that day, they had received the invitation. They got that. And I'm going to get to that later. But the religious know that they have an invitation. But then they're not coming. So he says, go to the street corners. Now, it's interesting because the street corners in that time, it literally the major thoroughfares of the region would all meet and they would cause street corners. And so what was happening is that's where 
everybody was. Because <laughs> they would come from this region and they'd come from that region and they'd come over here and there was economic diversity and there was racial diversity. And so Jesus is using this term again to say, okay, those people aren't coming, then go to where everybody is. And here's the best news about this point, and all I want, I, I'll make quickly and clearly. Invite the bad. Invite the bad as well as the good. I just want to tell you, some of you are sitting here today, and I just want to say, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Because we so often think there's no way God would ever want me, especially if you grew up in religiosity at all. If you grew up in religion at all, you know you're bad. Amen? (laughs) Now you know you're bad. And here, listen to me today. If you look in the mirror and you go, I know I'm bad. Do you hear me today? Jesus is going, then I want you at my wedding banquet. I want you. The invitation to the wedding, to the banquet, to Christ, to eternal life has nothing to do with your moral behavior at all. Now, that's really hard for us to believe because in the world... Invitation is completely based on your status, <laughs> right? These are, here's the invitation list, and these are the only people I can actually afford or I, I can let in. And so we get left out of invitations all the time because we didn't quite make it. We weren't special enough. We weren't loved enough. We weren't cool enough. You weren't whatever enough. And so it's really hard for us then to go to God, and God says, you are enough because you are my creation. I love you. And if you're bad or good, you're at my party. So heaven, listen, when when Jesus says heaven is like this, he's saying it's for everybody. That's great news. All right? Here's the third point. The invitation comes through the church. The invitation to this party, to this wedding, the invitation to Jesus and to eternal life comes through all of us in this room who would say, I follow Jesus. Okay, look at these verses. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Verse 4, then he sent some more servants. And he said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. Then in verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet's ready. Those I invited didn't deserve to come, so Go. Go, go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. And so the servants went. They went out into the streets and they gathered all the people they could find. Now, here's what's important to understand. This is the reality what Jesus is telling us again about heaven on earth. The invitation is from the king. And it's his party. But the people hear it and receive it. From his servants. The invitation's from the king, but people hear it and they only receive it from his servants. Christ died for all, 2 Corinthians 5 it says, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Okay, so all of us in this room, <clears throat> if any of you are in here and you're saying, that's me, man. I have received Christ and I'm in his kingdom. Then he says, sweet, so I died for you so you would no longer live for yourself, but for me. So if I'm living for Jesus, what does that make me? Yeah, I'm his servant. 
That's how I live. That's my identity. That's part of it. I'm a son, but I'm also a servant. Acts 1.8, here's what Jesus told him. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Guys, see, see what this is saying? He, doesn't, he isn't saying, this is something I want you to do. He's saying, if you actually get into my wedding feast and receive me and I receive you and you and I become one, then I'm going to fill you with my spirit and you will be my witnesses and you will have power for that. So here, let me just give you a couple quick things. Number one, first of all, our lives are to be living invitations. You will be my witness. People should just see our lives and the way you live and I live should actually be so different that people are drawn to that. Matthew 5, here's what Jesus said. He goes, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are, you guys, and I am the light of the world. And it's way we live that actually causes people to look at that and give glory to our Father in heaven. They're actually drawn to him because you're a witness in the way that you live. That's why Jesus said, so love each other. Here's my command, right? Love each other as I have loved you. This is how everyone will know you're my disciples, is if you love each other. And then he goes, and if you guys could actually be one, the whole world would know that I actually came from the Father. And so this is the first part. You will be my witnesses because you've received my love in your heart. And now the love that you love each other just as I loved you. And then the love we receive, we love each other and we love everybody else. My, my daughter Ashlyn was on a, a trip this, uh, just got back from uh, Europe. And she was talking to this gal and found out the gal was a Catholic. And I love this because she goes, are you a Christian? Now, why would she ask my daughter if she's a Christian? Something about her life must have made her think that. And then she said, yeah, I am. And she goes, I love you guys. <laughs> Isn't that cool? She goes, you're the best. Because you give. See, for her, she's run into Christians, Christ followers, lights of the world. And she thinks you're the best. And so she's drawn to them. And unfortunately, we know too many people run into Christians. that are like, I want nothing to do with that Jesus. <laughs> Like Gandhi, right? Jesus is cool. His followers got a problem. Number one, the kingdom of God. God has servants filled with his spirit. And they live that way. Secondly, but eventually, you guys, and this is where we really struggle. Eventually, it's not just living it. You actually have to share. You actually have to invite them. You have to share your story. Romans 10 says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that great? Here it is again. Everybody is invited. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. 
Jesus made it really clear. He says, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Our mission here at K2 is what? To invite every one of you and to equip you to follow, to, be, to live out the adventure of following Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus say? He says, if you follow me, come follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. So can I just say, all of us in here who are Christians, if you're filled with his spirit, then you will be inviting people to the banquet. If you're actually following Jesus, he is making you. He is making you into a fisher of men. Okay? That's maturity in Christ. It's not just coming to church. It's not just going to Bible studies. It's not just getting lots of information. It's you being finally free from yourself so that you actually are so enthralled with how good the banquet is and how awesome the feast is and how beautiful the Jesus is, is you got to tell everybody else. you got to come see this. The kingdom of heaven is like this, you guys. He actually has servants who follow him because he's their king. So if Jesus is king of your life, you will be his witnesses. And I'm just going to say this pretty strongly. I think one of the main reasons we see a lot of hell on earth and very little heaven on earth is because most of his servants are actually not letting Jesus be king. Can I just be, can can we just be honest with ourselves? We don't really follow him. We like to go to church, but I I don't, this whole idea of like going out into the street corners (laughs) and telling people and inviting them, whoo, okay, that's getting a little crazy. But Jesus is saying, but that's how the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what it's like. I'm the king and you follow me. I live in you. My spirit's inside of you. I'm going to empower you and you will be my witness. And so tomorrow at work, this afternoon at your home, family members, friends, wherever it is, can I just, I just want to challenge all of you who actually are followers of Christ. You and I, as Bill Heibel said years ago, are the hope of the world. Because everyone you know is invited to eternal life, but they'll only receive the invitation from you. And that's your role in this story. I remember years ago, Penn Jillette, you guys know Penn Jillette? Penn and Teller down in Vegas, atheist guy, magician, entertainer. He says, if you actually believe that there is a heaven and hell, like if you actually really do believe that, he goes, and you're not telling anybody about that? He said, how much do you have to hate someone? Not to tell them. First time I heard that from an atheist, I was like, wow, that's a good message. (laughs) So I got to move on, but let me just tell you, you get to join Jesus in this. The only way that people get into the party is through an invitation from you. I would love for you to think, even right now, Jesus, even right now, would you just put one person on our hearts if you follow Jesus? God, would you do that right now? Would you just put someone on our heart right now that we need to give an invitation to?
Do you love him? And do you love him? Let's give the invitation. All right, here's the last one. So there's this great party. God wants everybody to be there. He sends out his servants, and then the invitation is almost always rejected. <laughs> Isn't that going to be fun? So let's get out there. Right? And I, I mean, I'm reading Luke right now over and over and over again. Jesus is like, yeah, just get used to it. There are a lot of rejection that goes on. Let me just really quick, there's one main thing I want to hit, but I got quickly through this. Matthew 22 says, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come, right? So there's some people who just refuse it. Like, I have no interest whatsoever. But I want to tell you, as I was studying this this week, this is really interesting. The people, again, who refused his invitation were the ones who had already received it. Remember in the story? They're the religious people. So these guys are the religious leaders, the elders, the chief priests. And here's what Jesus was saying. So you guys already got the invitation because you know you're Jewish and you're like the chosen people. He says, but yet when I say come, you refuse to come. It's like they RSVP'd, like, oh, look how special we are. We got the invitation from the king. Let's RSVP. Let's say, well, I'm all in. Let's do this. Okay, party's on. Come. And no, no thanks. And as I was studying this week, here's what's interesting. Some of you in this room are super religious. And you're not going to the party. You're super religious. And you don't feast on Jesus at all. You kind of RSVP'd. You're like, I'll do the church thing, just like these guys. I'll do the religious thing. But when Jesus actually says, come and feast on me, join me, receive me into your life as Lord, and really follow me, become one in spirit with me, most of us go, I'm not coming. And I think this is where Jesus said, he had these people say, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second, Lord. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we do all these things in your name? Didn't we go to church in your name? Didn't we serve in your name? Didn't we worship in your name? Didn't... And he says, get away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. I never knew you. See, eternal life is knowing him. It means he's actually in you and you're in him. So the first warning I feel like I need to give to some of you is do, please hear me, as clearly as I can say to you, do not trust your religious activity thinking that's going to get you into church or into heaven and in a relationship with God. Some of you are so dry and dead inside and you come here every week and you're wondering why. And it's because you received the first invitation, so you're here, but when he actually says come, you don't come and you don't follow him. And that's not the kingdom of heaven. It means he's not really your king. Okay, so that's the first one. No interest at all. I'm refusing to come. Second one, he says, but then, they, they, but then he goes, well, go and tell them all. And he says, but they paid no attention and they went off, one to his field and another to his business. See, and here's the other, the other people that reject God. And he's like, okay, I really don't want you because the kingdom of God again means that God's my king. But most of us are saying, I really don't want you, God, in my life, okay? Because my life, my business, I'm gonna go, my business and my field are actually more important to me than coming to the banquet of your son. 
And can I just say, that's just our world. That's just most of America right there. I really don't want to be one with you, God, because I'm too busy with my other stuff. And so, you, again, you just need to hear it. Jesus is saying, then that's not the kingdom of God. Don't think you're in the kingdom of God if your business is more important to you than him. And don't think you're in the kingdom of God saying, I actually do what God tells me to do when he actually asks you to do something and you can't because your business, because of your world, because of your recreation, because of your family, because whatever it is. Because then something else is more important. He's just, that's just not it. And he says they paid no attention. And some of us aren't paying any attention. And so that's the second thing. Those are the people who refuse him. I'm just, the other, I really, here's what we're saying. I actually believe God that if I can just be more committed to this stuff on the earth and have a better job and have lots of money, if I can have that, that's what's actually going to give me eternal life. And he's saying, okay, let me just tell you, you're not in the kingdom then. You didn't come. Okay? Third one, the rest seized his servants. They mistreated them and they killed them. Okay? Now, I, I, I'm hoping none of you are in this room doing that. Um, <laughs> But seriously, and I'm not even going to touch on this. I got to get to the last one. But there, obviously, we know there's hostile rejection to God. The prophets before Jesus were killing. They were, I mean, the, the Jewish people were killing the prophets before Jesus, and they've been killing his witnesses ever since. It's happening right now, probably in this moment around the world. Okay. But then we have this really funky last one, and I'm going to close because this is the most important fun for us. When the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. So this guy actually came. And he asked, how did you get in here without any wedding clothes, my friend? And the man was speechless. And then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Can you imagine? Because we're just talking about weddings, like my wedding. <laughs> Can you imagine being invited to the royal wedding? No. Anybody even interested in going to the royal wedding? <laughs> Like, but I did, so I just Googled it right and I put in royal wedding guests. You know what the first, the very first thing that popped up was this. The 20 best dressed guests at the royal wedding. It was all about what you wear, man. Can you imagine being invited to the royal wedding? Because that's what this was. This was the king's wedding. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Let me in. You would never do that. It's really interesting. My family got, is, has been invited to a wedding this summer, and we, it's a formal wedding. I've never been to one. I actually have to get a tux to go to this wedding. My, my girls have to wear long, long gowns to go to this wedding. And I, I just want to be totally honest with you. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going like this. Because <laughs> I'm going to be me. That's not me. This is me. I'm not dressing up in a tux. I don't want to pay the money for the tux in the first place. But you know what that shows? What does that show? I actually have no desire to honor the bride and the groom. Who am I thinking about? Me. Now, here, now imagine this. Imagine if they go, hey, I get it, man. We'll buy the tux for you. Yeah, but I hate tuxes. I just don't want to wear one. So what's going on in this story? Again, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, and what they're saying is, my good works get me into God. And Jesus is saying very clearly, listen, you guys, this is so important. No, uh -uh. you can come just as you are. Because if it's earned, if getting the 
one with God and reconcile to him. If it's earned, then why are the good and the bad there? So obviously it's not earned. But then if it's not earned, then why is this guy getting thrown out? You know why? Because he's saying, I'm coming just as I am. And Jesus is saying, I will take anyone. Your record means nothing to me. I don't care what you've done. But you can't enter my kingdom the way you are. Because the kingdom is where God's will is done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, heaven is where God's the king. And so it's where his will is done. So if you're saying, listen, if you're saying today, oh, I want into heaven, but I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Then what you're saying is, I actually have no desire to follow God's will, but he should let me in. And he's like, well, then it wouldn't be heaven. Because heaven's where everybody does what I do. And so in Revelation 19, again, it says, the wedding, lamb of the, uh, the wedding of the lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. See, you guys, in the story, these people were coming off the streets, <laughs> Okay. So if they're coming off the streets, there's one of two things possible. Number one, they either didn't have any wedding clothes, which is probably true. Like, I, I don't have royalty stuff to wear. Or secondly, if they did, they were going right from the streets to the park. They didn't have time to go home, clean all up, and get ready. They didn't have wedding clothes. So you know what happens is the king actually provides the wedding clothes. So he invites a man and he says, okay, but to get in, I got, so let me, here you go. I actually will provide them for you. So here's what's interesting. The common view today in our world is this. We like to say, I'm not like those Pharisees who think they're good enough, you know, to get into heaven where you earn your place. What we say is, I don't believe in a God of wrath who actually punishes people, who would leave anybody, who would send anyone to hell. God accepts anyone just as they are. Okay, really? Hold on a second. Is that what you really want? Anyone there, no matter who they are. I'm pretty sure none of us want heaven to be like this again. Amen? Okay, but what we're saying, when you say that, what you're saying is, I don't care Then the rapist and the murderer and the abuser. God loves, he loves everybody. And he just, he loves everyone just as they are. No, he invites everyone, but he only lets in those who actually have a change. See, God does have hope. Uh, he wants us to have hope for heaven that it's different, but he also wants us to have hope now on this planet that I don't have to keep living a destructive life. He can actually change me. So here's what Jesus says, point blank and clear. He says, you can't enter my kingdom unless you're born again. He says, unless you're born of water and the spirit. So unless you're cleansed, okay? Unless all of your junk is just washed away and completely forgiven. And you have to be born of my spirit. 
So you have to be cleansed and forgiven of everything you've ever done so that you can be reconciled back to me. But then you need to be filled with my spirit. Can I tell you something that's true about every one of us as human beings? You can't follow God. I say this here all the time. All a Christian is is someone who finally said, can't do it. Can't do it. If I go to heaven right now the way I am, I'm going to screw it up. It wouldn't be heaven anymore. And God's like, exactly right. So here's what has to happen. I need to forgive you of everything you've ever done so you and I can be reconciled. And then I need to give you a new heart. I actually need to put my spirit inside of you. And the only people who actually can enter the kingdom of heaven are those who have a new heart, who are born again of his spirit. Those are the wedding clothes. And the coolest thing is, is Jesus on the cross pays the price for all of your sin. You don't pay for anything. He pays for all of it. And then Jesus Christ rises from the dead because he's the only one who could ever always say yes to the Father. And you don't do any of that. All you do is say, I want the party. I want to be reconciled to God. I want to be married to Jesus. I want to be in relationship with God. I want to know him. Then he says, well, then let me give you the wedding clothes. And if you will trust me, I will forgive you and cleanse you of everything you've ever done wrong because the bad get in. Amen? Amen? The bad get in! That's sweet! I will wash you clean and then I will give you my spirit and you'll have a new heart and you will actually want to follow me. And that is heaven. So band, come on up. And here's what we're going to do. The first thing that we need to do today is this. I, I, how in the world, right, could I give this message today and not give you an invitation? I just did. There's your invitation. And all you have to do today is turn. Because it's so crazy, you guys. You know what ends up? It's not even the bad people who don't end up getting into heaven. It's the people who think they're okay. It's the people who think, I don't need this. I'm coming like this. And he's going, no, you're not. And then what happens is you get thrown out and you're separated from God and you have angst and worry and fear and destruction and your life falls apart and that will be your eternity with him. But all he says is, but you have an invitation, come, 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 all right? So the band is going to sing a song and all of us, let's just worship, let's worship him and the song. But can I just ask you right now? I'm just going to ask you right now. Here's, here's your invitation. Jesus is asking you this morning, will you come to my wedding banquet? Will you receive Christ into your life? Will you be reconciled to me? Will you stop being separated from me? Do you want eternal life? Today, do you want that? Then he says, then just turn to me. Turn from your ways. Quit following your own thing and turn to me. And I put your trust in me, put your faith in me. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life as my Lord. And let him and trust him to forgive you, to cleanse you, to give you the wedding clothes. 
and to fill you with his spirit so that you can be new from this day forward. And I'm just going to boldly ask, because why would we do it like, oh, like that? What, let's just, if any of you today feel like, you know what, I wanted, I, I, I'm saying yes to the wedding invitation and I want eternal life with Jesus. If that's you, would you just go ahead and stand today? And if you've done this before, don't do it. But if this is your first time today, if you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life right now, go ahead and just stand. Awesome. Fantastic. Sweet. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to start worshiping. You guys who just stood, I'd love for you just to come right over here. My wife and I will be over here. David, you're over here. We would love just to pray with you, okay? So just, and the rest of you, just go ahead. Let's stand and let's worship. And any of you who want to receive this invitation, just come over here with us, and we'd love to meet with you and pray with you, and let's worship him together.